This is actually take two for today. I made the uh, same video, but I was like moving around a lot and shuckling. And it just, I don't know, it tripped me out. So I'm doing it again. All right, first off, I just want to say thanks to everybody who watched uh, the first video. I got a lot of positive feedback. And um, people told me that it was a little noisy. So thank God I figured out a way today to make it a little bit less noisy. Um, so my voice will be clearer. I'm working on getting a microphone uh, so that we'll be able to do some more professional sounding uh, recording. But for now, it's pretty good. Also, I'm sitting in another part of my house where there's more light. Everybody's not home, so more light is always good. And uh, today's story is going to be a book. Is going to be from a book from Rabbi Shmuel Horowitz. This sefer is called Kiss for Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel Horowitz was a Breslov Rechassu who lived about 100 years ago. He is considered Zikne Anash, uh, the elders of Breslov. He was a very important uh, link in the chain of keeping the Breslov Mesorah alive. He grew up in Tzvat and he became Breslov in late teenage years, like a lot of the Breslovers. And uh, he, what's it called? He was actually able to evil. He was actually able to travel to Uman, even though it was not allowed back then. And he did spend a few years there. And he heard a lot of stories and a lot of information about Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nassan. And a lot of the, a lot of what's in the sefer is information that's also not as far, but also a lot of new information. And uh, it's a very important part of Breslov history. And uh, I didn't really know about it. I got it a year ago. And just the stories in here are just incredible. Besides the ones for Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nassan, there's a lot of stories of other uh, Hasidim of Breslov. And there's, there's other Inyanim that are discussed further. But let's not get carried away. In the back of this book, he has, um, he has stories that he heard just from other big tzaddikim, from other rabbis, even from the Ketoy Sachoshin, from the Chassam Soifer, everybody. And he has a lot of stories that he just heard from other people in Sfat. So today's story is a very wild story. I think the first time I heard it, I was blown away. Like, I never even, I just could not picture this story. But uh, I'm going to read it. It's here on the screen. I have the safer in front of me, but I'm going to read it off the screen. I'm not going to read each word, but I'm going to paraphrase and we're going to go through the story. And we're going to talk a little bit about more about of history at the end. So he goes like this. He says, I heard from a very important person in Tzfat who told me a story that he knew a Svardi Chachem who was also a very big guy and his name was Chachem Shapsi or Shaptai, how you say it in Israel or Shapsi if you're Ashkenazi or whatever and uh, who lived in the western countries I guess Spain and Italy and places like that and uh, he told him this guy Chacham Shapsay told this guy in Tzvat, who is now telling the story to Rav Shmuel Horowitz, he said this story about the Indian of the Bnei Moshe. So the Indian of the Bnei Moshe, first of all, is not something that I'm 100% clear on, of who they are, what they are, and how it happened. But from what I remember from learning in Yeshiva and other places, is that these were the sons of Moshe Rabbeinu, or something like that, that Moshe Rabbeinu sent away. And they live... Somewhere in the world, we don't know. On the other side of the Sambatin River. 
and all that stuff that we learned in yeshiva as kids. And it's actually interesting because we just laid Akdomas on Shavuos, and officially that story of Akdomas is something to do with the Bnei Moshe, but I'm not 100% clear on it. But either way, the Bnei Moshe, I think, are bigger people. They have more powers. They know a lot of stuff. It's a whole avoida that I don't know anything about because there's no like official swarm that's just like, what are the Bnei Moshe? So if anybody knows anything about the Bnei Moshe, put it in the comments because that would be awesome. But anyway, this is a mice about the Indian of the Bnei Moshe. And this is what the story was. He says this. He says that this Chacham Shapsai lived in a country where there was a lot of evil non-Jewish people who were very not nice to the Jews there. He said one time there was a bunch of Jewish kids playing in front of a non-Jew's house in his garden. They And they were ripping up grass and they were eating it. Sorry, not grass. Grapes. Ah, now that makes more sense. I was like, why are they eating grass? I read that the first time. Asavim. It's actually Anavim. It makes sense. We don't really eat grass anymore. So yeah, probably they were eating grapes. Okay, good. So, and this non-Jew came. He was very angry that they were eating his grapes. And he started hitting them. Machus Achzorius. He started beating them up. Mamish. Right in front of Chacham Shapsai. And Chacham Shapsai also was scared to say anything to this non-Jew because he also did not want to get hit. And the kids who were being beat up, they screamed out the words, Kel Shakai Azrenu. Kel Shakai, obviously, is the name of Hashem, can't say it the real way. But they said, Kel Shakai, help us. And when this non Jew heard these words, he got terrified and he ran away. Like, he was terrified. And he came back a certain amount of time later and he asked for forgiveness and he gave them presents. And this was a whole big pella in their eyes, that this evil non-Jew who was just beating them up, he heard these words, and he was so scared of those two words, those names of Hashem, that he ran away. So the Chacham Shapsai asked him, what is going on with these, what's, what's the story with these, uh, why, like, why are you so scared? So he said, I'll tell you the story. He said that we were a group of people together, and we heard that there's a country that there is not any barzel there. Barzel is iron or metal, some type of metal now. Maybe back then it was some type of metal. And when you bring barzel to there, it's like bringing gold. And it's probably a nice business idea. So we got together with a bunch of guys in a caravan, and they went to this place. It was pretty far away, and they bought food and everything. But as you know, traveling back then was a whole other world. And it was very dangerous. And uh, they also bought with them a lot of food and a lot of iron and everything like that. But because of the dangers of traveling and, and everything, most of the people that were on their mission were nifter. They died. And every time someone else died, and then the food went away, and they didn't have anything left, they were mom and starving, and they were very weak. i got to turn the page. I took two screenshots today. And uh, until a ish echad gibor aruch. So that is a Bnei Moshe. That is a, like I said, that we know that they're big and tall. Um, this big guy came, and he said to them in Hebrew, are you Jews? And when he saw that they were not Jews, he gave them food, and they became more alive. And we asked him, 
that they because they were so lost and they just wanted to go back home. They asked this Bnei Moshe guy. They said, "Give us someone to show us the way home." So now this part of the story is very interesting. It also boggles my mind why this Bnei Moshe guy gave them a little girl to show them the way on the wagon. It says, He says, And he gave us a little girl. And as you can imagine, In the middle of the way, they wanted to do bad things to her. I'm not going to elaborate on that. I'm sure you can figure it out on your own. And is the only words I'll say. And she saw this little girl, saw what was going to happen to her. And she hopped and jumped a little bit, probably off the wagon or away from them. And she pulled out a sword from under her dress and she screamed out the names Kel Shaka. What a trip, man. Imagine this little girl surrounded by these Arelim jumping off of a wagon and showing a sword and screaming out, Names of Hashem and Machmas Roiv Pachad Nafluha Roiv Mehem Umesu. And basically all of them died except for this guy. Unbelievable. It's something out of like a, a crazy movie, but this is this is this is the this is the Bnei These are real things. And now he said that whenever I hear these words, I just get like I don't want to die. So that's why he was so scared and he ran away. So that's a very interesting story that Rav Shmuel Horowitz told over. Um, then I just want to talk a little bit. I know I like just like jump from topic to topic, but like you know that's just how you do it. Like we don't, nobody needs to hear me ramble so much about a million stories. You know, just it's a story, and that's what we do. But now I want to talk about a little bit of Brussels history. So as people who know a little bit about Breslov, I think first of all, maybe next week we'll make a little bit about a video about Uman Rosh Hashanah, why it's important, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit also as well, and what's going to be this year with the coronavirus and Uman. Sorry, I don't know what's going to be. It's not looking too great. But anyway, um, they, uh, we know that there was a lot of big machlikis on Breslov. Even today, there's still machlikis on Breslov. Could tell you a lot of things that people say to me, but I'm sure that you know if you're a Breslov or if you know what people say about it and all these things. But uh, back then, when Rabbi Nassim and Rabbi Nachman were alive, there was extreme machlekes in them at the point where people wanted to actually kill them. They would actually try to kill Breslovers. They wouldn't eat their shechita. They wouldn't marry their women. It's all written down in Sorm. Um And one of the people, so in Rabbi Nachman's time, it was the there was the Shpolu Zeda who was against Rabbi Nachman very much, and the story of why that machlekes happened. And in Avnassan's time, there was the Rebbe of Savran, which was another Hasidus. And um, it's, uh, what's it called? I, I, I knew that there was a, like, you know, that he did not like Rabbi Nassan a lot, but I didn't know what the, what one of the powder kegs, I guess, to, to, uh, to, um, that increased the machlekes so much that they wanted to kill Rabbi Nassan was because it says, and again, I didn't take a screenshot of this, so it's not on the screen, but I'll read it, I'll paraphrase, I'll, whatever, I'll read it from the Sefer. Basically, the Rebbe of Savran wanted to marry Adol. Adol was the daughter of Rebbe Nachman, right? Rebbe Nachman's grandmother's name was Adol, that's the Balshanto's daughter, and Rebbe Nachman's wife's name was Fega, 
and Fagin's daughter was Adol. And Adol, I guess, I'm pretty sure was married to a man named Rav Yoske. When Rav Yoske died, she was a widow, and the Rebbe of Savran wanted to marry her. And Rav Nassan knew that the reason why the Rebbe of Savran wanted to marry Adol was because he wanted to take the place of Rabbi Nachman. And Rav Nassan's whole mission in life was to keep the union of Rabbi Nachman alive. And he knew that if the Savran and Rebbe took uh, Adol as a wife, he would for sure try to take over the breast of Hasidus and say, now it's breast of Savran or whatever. At the end of the day, he would destroy the Indian of Rabbi Nachman and it would not be a good thing. So Rav Nassim did not allow the Shidduch to go through. And since Rav Nassim did not allow the Shidduch to go through, the Savran Rebbe was very angry. And one time, it says that Adol was talking to the Savraner, and she said to him, I heard that you don't like my father. Like, you argue about him. And the Savraner said, no, no, not on your father, only on Rav Nassim. Because Rav Nassim says that your father is just as big as, um, just as big as um, Moshe Rabbeinu. And Adol said, Moshe Rabbeinu, Bought down the Torah, and Rabbi, and my father, Rabbi Nachman, is showing us how to fulfill the Torah. Listen, there's it's, you know in Yanim about what Rabbi Nachman said, different things that he said about himself that are a little confusing for some people. So this might be a little confusing, um, but that's what she said, and that's really the truth: is that Rabbi Nachman is helping people to follow, to follow, and to serve Hashem, and that's the whole reason why people are into breasts of Hasidus these days is because it's one of the clearest paths that Rabbi Nachman set out for a person to just do this and do this and a lot of chizik and a lot of other things. We're not going to talk about that. It's not a breast of channel. Um, but these are the stories for today. And um, again, thank you everybody for watching. I hope everybody's safe. Virus, riots, the whole world is going a little crazy. Uh, I feel very blessed to be in Eretz Yisrael where it's quiet and school has begun again and all these different types of things. Um, but I hope everyone will be able to come back to Eretz Yisrael soon to at least visit. I'm not saying to make Aliyah. I don't, not one of those guys like the world's burning. Okay, make Aliyah. It's not, such a, it's not such a simple thing just to jump on a plane. But I hope that we'll be able to see people that's getting pretty lonely here in Tzvah. Usually it's filled with tons of tourists. And uh, I hope everyone is safe from the virus and the riots and everything like that. And uh, everybody should have an awesome, amazing day.